Red Room Theater, Episode 4, Tombstone. Welcome to the Red Rum Theater, where we watch movies, we love movies, we were raised by movies. We are your hosts, Ernesto Alanese. And Antonio Marino. Every week we look at one of the movies that helped raise us up. We talk about how it raised us wrong and how it raised us right. Today we talk about one of the greatest questions of all time, Tombstone. So the movie Tombstone, um, it's called so, it's entitled Tombstone, very good title of a movie. Um, it's about the city of Tombstone, but it's really the story of legendary Western um, law keeper, Wider. Um, so what's the story of this movie, basically, Tone? Um, mining town. Uh, they're trying to make it compete with San Francisco and, like, big, <laughs> you know, big... Very cosmopolitan. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just... <laughs> Uh, we should put a track in here. You know, they got all these ideas. They're trying to. They're trying to be on the map. They're trying to to, to veer away from just being a, a mining town of like yeah, boom town. You know, where everybody's just gonna leave and leave it like a ghost town. Um, Wider and his and his brothers. He talks his brothers to uh, moving out there. They want to start a new life. Get away from you know the um, the life they're accustomed to being lawmen. They want to come out. They want to make money. Um, they want to open up their eventually open up their own tavern. They want to do they pretty much the American dream. They want Legit. to bring their families out. You know, brothers starting together is a lot easier than starting by yourself. Um, and it's a, and it's a it's a big story about brothers too backing each big other time. up. You know, it's, it's, like, what, it's the story really is about the Earp brothers. Um, and the conflict of the story. I mean, it should be fine. It should go out there, but there's a stinking the op- opening scene of the movie isn't Wyatt Earp. The opening scene of the movie you meet the cowboy gang. Um, they're, they're pretty much the law in Tombstone. Like and in that whole region, in that yeah. whole region in the West, there's like what a hundred hundred men a part of this gang. If you see a red sash on somebody, don't even look their direction. The word cowboy that we use nowadays, you know, when you kid you play cowboys and Indians, the word cowboy comes from a stinking Western gang, the cowboys. That's where the name comes from? Yeah. Wow. This gang was so bad to the bone that, that, that their their name became synonymous with Western, rugged, horses, guns. That's the cowboy well, the, game. The, like we were saying, the first scene is it gives you a glimpse of how nasty these dudes were. It's great opening scene because you know these guys are bad dudes. And one thing that I realized watching it again this week, um, the reason they came to that town was because those Mexican policemen killed two cowboys. And so they had to be shown. So they yeah. went, they rolled in, and it was a wedding. Was that now? Was the guy getting married? Was he a Mexican cop? He's a cop, and all his homies were there. All his policemen friends were there. Man, that was nasty, dude. Nasty, dude. Um, But uh, you get to meet all the bad guys up front. You meet Curly Bill. You meet Johnny Ringo. You meet Ike. You meet all these guys right off the bat. And uh, just you just realize these are bad people. It's a lawless world. These guys run the show and do whatever they want. And if anyone tries to stand up to them, they will murder them. Whether they the started it, whether they... doesn't matter. It, if you kill one of these guys, the, the whole crew is coming for you. And a hundred men back in the day, that's an army. It's an army of men you're trying to fight off. So this is the bad guy. So it's a story of how the cowboy gang came to an end. Because it did come to an end historically because they... These cowboy gang that was unstoppable ran into a retired lawman named Wyatt Earp in real history... And this is what this is the story of what happened when the Earp brothers ran headfirst into the cowboy game. And how about what the priest was telling them? I love it. What what is he talking about, Johnny? Sick horse. And he tells them the story. He's like from Revelations. It's a pale horse, and the rider who sat upon it was death. Man, Dude, it's, and it's, they it's, looked at each other like. I want to laugh, but <laughs> holy cow. <laughs> but hell's coming with them, dude. Man. And he says the line. He does say, doesn't he? Who and says, hell's coming with me. 
Does oh, it, Russell? Yeah, does it yeah, fly eventually, say it? yes, he does. Oh, dude, he yeah. claims the promise. You I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, Outside dude. the train, outside the train, where they come to kill him and his family. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, we so, got to get to that part. Yeah, so, so. That's the story. Now, the cast Man, of this movie got chills is an about epic this. cast. It's a great cast. Um, let's work through it. So, Wyatt Earp is played by Kurt Russell, and he's great. He's amazing. Perfect he's Wyatt Earp. Perfect Wyatt Earp, dude. Um, this role almost with the Richard Gere, which would have been awful. Really? Richard Gere is a pretty boy. He's not a stinking rugged man's man, but uh, stinking um, uh, Russell is Wyatt Earp. You got Bill Paxton as Morgan. Who's awesome. Because when, when I see Bill Paxton, I think of Chet from Weird Science. Dude, he's like of, the goofy brother. I think of True Lies, dude. Oh, <laughs> it's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> he's in his chonies crying, dude. It's so funny, dude. <laughs> but, but no, his be- his, honestly, Paxton's probably best role. Is aliens. aliens. Yeah. yeah, dude. Why don't you put her in charge? <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> he's great, he's, dude. dude he's, I love seeing him. Whenever he shows up. How about the Tom Cruise movie? Um, Edge of Tomorrow. He was great. He's like, what does he say? Um, tip, wait. Uh, tip of the, uh, what do you say? Tip of the spear. Edge of the knife. Crack of my. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I, I haven't seen it since we it's, watched it at the it's, Plastic. It's so good, dude. It's so good. Um, you have Sam Elliott. Sam as Elliott was born to play a cowboy. I was watching TV with Angie a few days ago, and she's like, is that Sam Elliott? His voice is so good. His voice does commercials for right. like steaks and stuff. Something. He can do anything, it's a great voice. dude. Okay, now, the, before we move on past these three guys, what great facial hair on these men. It's, it's not facial hair. It's just mustaches. Okay. Just the most beautiful mustache. If I could do this with my mustache, I, the beard would be gone. Half my beard's gray anyway. Sam Elliott and Wyatt Earp. Sam Elliott and Russell, the best mustaches. Oh, man. And the director says it's all facial hair. There's no, there's no well, like, they're, they're fake so, crap. They're, they're so thick, and you, they comb them to the sides, and they oh, scoop them up. I don't oh. know how Kurt would have grown that. He must have took him, like, a God, must have been, what, six months ago, a stash <sighs> that beautiful? It, I don't know, man. That thing's glorious, though. He's got <laughs> to have... Uh, a special conditioner just for his lip. Oh, my goodness, dude. Eating must be just getting it curled up just right, Yeah, dude. I'll tell you what, dude. I, uh, I keep my beard pretty thin, and when I trim it, if you mess up, if you imagine growing that stash that beautiful and you mess up something and you got to... Oh. Um, if a barber messed it up, he's going to die. <gasps> oh, dude. What, what movie was that when the barber was shaving him and he pointed the gun to his crotch? Because he I thought the barber was going to cut his throat. I think it was a western. It is a western. I don't remember what it is though. Uh, um, if I had that mustache, same deal, son. Dude, um, so that's so. So Sam Elliott as Virgil is great. The oldest brother. He's the oldest brother. Wyatt's the middle, and um, Paxton's the, the baby brother. Morgan, he's the baby brother. Um, yeah. And uh, they all know, even though the like, they all know that Wyatt's got a touch on him. He's the leader. He's. he's He's the middle brother, but he's the leader of the pack yeah, he, among the, in the they, family. They, you can tell that none of them would have ever done anything like this if Wyatt wouldn't have pushed them to say, let's, Legit. let's do this together. The um, three brothers and their wives. Um, now, you have... Right off the bat, when they get off the train, people are trying to hire him to be it's lawmen. It's crazy. Because they're so famous. Turns it down. Um, so then you have uh, bad guys. You have Powers Booth as a Mexican, I guess. Powers Booth is Curly Bill. He's, he's, he's the leader of the bad guys. He's the leader of the bad guys, but he's not the main villain. That's very rare that you get that, where you get um, the, main, the, the main villain isn't the big bad of the movie. He's a bad dude, but the big bad of the movie is Johnny Ringo. Johnny Ringo. Even, even Curly Bill says, I don't even know what, I, when, when Ringo's in charge of this outfit, I'm scared. <laughs> You know, like he, and he's you, a loose cannon. And Curly Bill's a brutal man. He's but he's Ringo sick. crosses lines that Curly won't cross. Curly's scene, even got to make him rein it in because he's so wild. Opening scene: Johnny puts down a priest, kills a priest, shoots dead. him in the head, dude. It shocks their whole crew. The, yeah, everybody even stops. They eventually start laughing, but they're like, "Holy smokes!" That shot a man of God. Yeah, dude. Now, my least favorite character in the movie has got to be Ike, dude. Everybody hates Ike, and everybody knows an Ike. Loud <laughs> everybody mouth knows an Ike. Starts everything as soon as crap hits the fan. Oh, he's repeating what his like tough buddy's saying. Yeah, law dog, law dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
like, uh, there's no room for law around here. Not around here. He's a punk, dude. <laughs> dude. And you watch the movie, he doesn't get killed. He I, survives the shootout. Okay, Corral, he survives the train well, yeah, station. Yeah, because half the time he don't even pull his gun. I don't have a gun. Don't kill me. He's a, oh. What does Herb tell him? You get to fighting and you get out of here. You get to fighting and get to running. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. Um, He's so, loudest mouth. But we're saving I mean, great roles, great actors, great movie. But by far, the performance of the movie, similar to a, um, similar to a, a Heath Ledger in Dark Knight, in The Dark Knight, how the Joker was so like he just steals the movie. Yeah, he's not even top billing. He's just like like uh, Two Face, the guy who plays Two Face, Aaron um, Eckhart. He was good in that movie. He was awesome, but. He, He's eclipsed so much by Heath Ledger. You don't even see him. The Dude, Kristen Bale's eclipsed by Heath Ledger. In that and, he, movie. and Kristen Bale's a great actor. He's good. And he's a great Batman. He's a great Batman, but not compared to that. I, and I never thought that somebody would be a better Joker than my boy Nicholson. That was my, that was my Joker, dude. He was just, that's how he approached the role. And he, 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 he turned it into something that you didn't think was there. In the same way that role is so powerful, you have Val Kilmer. As Doc Holliday. His best performance. Of his life. Of his life. People will argue because they want to be like, oh, Top Gun, dude. Stupid Nowhere crap. Nowhere near Val Doc Kilmer, Holliday. I'm reading behind the scenes stuff of this movie, watching the, um, like the featurettes on the Blu-ray and whatnot. And like, the scene where Val Kilmer, where Doc Holliday's dying, he said, I want to lay me on a bed of ice so that I'll, have, I'll be cold, chills. And pale. He wanted, and Dang. he also when they film scenes in like uh, bars, they no AC. They said that the, the thermometers got to 114 degrees in Arizona filming those scenes. So he's really always that sweaty and clammy Gee. and gross because Doc Holliday's a sick character. And so what uh, do they call him? Lunger. Lunger. Get tuberculosis. Yeah, that's a mean dude. I love that lunger. Um, I hope you die. <laughs> <laughs> Ike, what a punk, dude. Um, What's wrong with him? He's a longer. <laughs> but uh, speaking of, he lost a bunch of weight. He's never looked better, dude. <laughs> You're a jerk, dude. And Doc Holliday, every line he says he's is He's a G, dude. He is. He shows up, dude, and he's a superhero. Scene stealer, dude. Oh. With his evil woman, Kate, dude. She is the death of him. She's killing him. Loves him. Now, I have a question for you. Does she love him or is she using him? Does she just want to die to kick all his money? No. I I think she loves who he was. And even though he's sick, she still wants him to be that, like, awesome, like, wild guy. That she, you know, she, she loves... The, the idea of Doc Holliday. Yeah, yeah, she's, he's, he's, she doesn't want him to be sickly. She doesn't want him to take care of him. He, he's, she doesn't want him to be weak. Yeah, he's supposed to be the man. You know what's crazy? His last, like at the very end of the movie, he dies and he says, I'll be, I'll be damned. Remember that? And he looks at this, looks down at his feet. What was that? He always said, he'll die with his boots on. And he didn't. <sighs> He looked down at his bare feet and he died. That's what that meant. Yes, dude. I'm. I was trying to figure it out the other day, and I'm like, "What was? It? Is his blanket just too short or something? Because <laughs> his bare feet are sticking up." Yeah, that's. Oh, I never put that together. He thought he would die in a gunfight. He thought he would die yeah. playing cards. Because people always, when you first meet Doc Holliday's intro was great. It is amazing. He's like, "Does this mean we're not friends anymore?" Yeah, dude. <laughs> Puts his guns down and pulls a knife on that fool, yeah. dude. He puts his guns on the table and pretty much challenging that guy, saying, yeah. your move now. Oh. Because the guy called him a cheat. Now, we're going to add a new part of our podcast. Uh, add a, we're going to add some new things as we get, go forward. But we have a thing my brother and I do. It's called the, the greatness test. We take an actor, and we are asked, is this actor a great actor? And the, the, our, 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 our criteria is very simple. They have to have been in three great films. If they've been in three great films, we give them this, we stamp them as great, and we move on. And it's a brutal test, because there are good movies that we enjoy that aren't great films. A great film meaning it lasts the test of time, it, it's, it's epic, it's beloved by many, many people. People all over admire its greatness from afar. They agree upon its awesomeness. So, the, for, this, this, for this week, we're gonna ask a question, 
Val Kilmer, does he pass the greatness test? So we have one. Obviously, we have one. Tombstone's so good. It's, it's I'd great, give him a pass. He's great so film. Good. It's does he have any more great films? Does he have to? The man got to be in him and has a, has a good role. I have a substantial part in the movie. Kilmer, I I think I'm gonna throw one out. I don't give you might you might knock this one down, dude. I'm gonna say Willow, dude. Mad Mardigan. He's incredible. He, it, in incredible. Willow. He dude. He's his. Nasty, gnarly teeth in that movie is gross. When but, he rides the shield oh, like a sled. Dude. What, he was awesome in Willow. I'll give that one great. Willow's a great film. I mean, it's, I watch it now. I still love I, it. I haven't watched it. So I got to watch it Willow. again. Willow. <laughs> Mad Mardigan. Okay, he's, that's two. Two. You going to give him Top Gun? No. I don't, I, I, you don't I, think Top Gun's Have you watched great? it again? It's been a while. He's he doesn't got, have a big role. Does and it's got a lot of cheese in is it. Is he too. ice? Iceman. Iceman. <laughs> it's, dude, it's kind of, dude, I mean, there's lines like, I feel the need. The need for speed. It's not as good as, I was inverted. <laughs> That's the best line, dude. Okay, Kilmer. Start breaking down. What's um, the one with Robert Downey? Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. I really enjoy. Yeah, that's more of an entertainment per it, value. It, like, I can't. Um, can't do any early comedies were stupid. I really like Ghost Kill. in the Darkness, but I don't think it's I don't think it's a great film. <sighs> Too bad. You don't think Ghost in the Darkness was great? It has some holes in it, dude. I like it a lot. But I mean, put it up there with uh, Dude. With the Lions. With the Lions. And Michael Douglas. You didn't think that was awesome? He's he's not his role isn't he's, awesome. What about the one where he go uh, FBI agent goes to the Indian reservation? What the crap that movie called? Thunderheart? Yeah, is that right? Is that it? Is that what it's called? It's close. Favorite scene of that movie is that Indian jumps off the hood of that car. And the handcuffs? How kiss under his boots. That was un. I, I, that I've was tried awesome. it. It's, it's. How could you do that? Fell on my face, dude. dude. Um, I have another uh, uh, suggestion. Heat. And his role was awesome. It's incredible. His son. I'm giving him three. I say it's three right there. You got Val Kilmer. Congratulations. Red Rum Theater just dubbed you great. You should. <laughs> you should be. Your career has just been made on this night in Flint. You can retire, dude. Don't do. Don't do. Top Gun 2, please. Don't do, don't do it, Val. You're better than that. You can't do the volleyball scene again, bro. He's old now. I, uh, okay, so. Cruz can still do it. Oh, Cruz, dude. His last movie, his face looked funny. Anyways. Who's? Cruz's. Which movie? Ah, uh, Jack Reacher Part 2. Who? Jack Reacher Part 2. You watched it? I did watch Without it. Without me? I'm sorry. You better, did you at least go with your wife? Yes. Okay, I'll give you a pass. It wasn't good. It looked awesome. He phoned it in like a mug, dude. Dang, Gina. Phoned it in. Man. So, favorite scenes of the movie. So, we're going to do and this new feature as well. We're going to name our favorite scene of the movie, kind of break it down. Um, so, for me, favorite scene of the movie, it's close. It's like 15, 20 minutes in. They first get to town, and there's, a, there's, a, there's one of the casinos. He's not making any money. The Oriental. He's, he's, and he, they, he's the, uh, who is it? The mayor? Who's breaking the it sheriff. down? Sheriff. Sheriff's breaking down. Why this is such a cool strip. The hot spots to go to, if you will. Cards, hostesses. Yeah. <laughs> Female companions. <laughs> ladies of the night. You got the, um, the good bars with the yep. cards and the, the gambling. The high rollers yep. coming in. And he said, all but the Oriental. And he said, damn shame. Because it's a beautiful place. And Earp just walks right in. And, and Sam Elliott and, uh, and Faxon say, there he goes. <laughs> so he goes in this place and playing cards is an unrecognizable Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, uh, overweight, jerk face. Is he bald with he a just beard? Just old. Looks old. Like, he he looks he, better now. Way better now, dude. Even though I have no desire to see Bad Santa 2 at all. He no does way. look good. He looked, uh, he looked awesome in Bad News Bears. <laughs> So he goes in there, and this guy is running his mouth. He's pushing people around. So he's putting his hands on people. He's screaming. And then Kurt Russell goes to the bartender and asks him, "What you know, what? it's kind of dead in here. What's going on? And the bartender breaks down what happened. 
This guy came in, slapping customers, and no one will come Chased in Chased all the high rollers out of here. He's sitting there. Russell rolls up on this guy, dude. And Well, here, wait, you got to rewind. He says to the bartender, well, why don't you tell him to get out of here? Why don't you kick him out of here? The bartender says, easy for you to say friend. But the reason he says friend is because... He introduced himself to the bartender as Wyatt Earp, and the bartender says, yeah, sure, sure, friend. That's didn't believe he was Wyatt Earp. Didn't believe it at all. So You're, he's about to prove he's call. Wyatt Earp. Good call, dude. That's why he says, easy for you to say friend. Um, he doesn't say Wyatt so or Mr. Earp. Earp goes over there, dude, and his opening line is the guy's like, can I help you with something? And he goes... Just want you to know, you're sitting in my seat. I mean, it's, it's a very aggressive, commanding opening line. Does he say that, or does he say, I'm wondering why you're sitting in my seat? If you're playing, I just want you to let you know. Oh, okay, you're okay. You're in my seat. Is that a fact? Yes, that's a fact. Dude, it just... It, it, and it's... it's you people get, around him start scooting away. All the people sitting around Billy Bob Thornton are just like, oh, shoot, what's going to happen here? Um, he's like, for a man who don't go heels... You, you, you blow a lot of smoke or something. And uh, he says, I don't need to go heels. I mean, I don't need to have guns. Yeah. I don't need to go heels to get the jump on a tub of lard, tub like you. On a tub, and then he says, a tub. Is that a fact? That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> then he stands up, and you have one of the great, just a great sequence, dude. It's, it's classic loudmouth. Runs into the wrong guy. That's dude, and these guys exist. And 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 when you when you run your mouth loud like that, and you're people pushing everybody back around, down. people back, they down, back down, down. But when you see a guy, and you can see in Wyatt's face, he's a man. I own you already. I know I can beat you, and you know it too. Man, this scene is. It's Bob goes. He feels about goes. I'm really afraid. Dang right you Dang are. Dang right you are. I can see that in your eyes. <laughs> and he gets closer. And he comes in on him. He's like, do it. Man. Skin it. Skin that smoke wagon. <laughs> Dude, when he starts slapping him, man. Like he's a nothing. That's worse than getting shot. It was, I've been punched in the face, and a punch is fighting. A slap is saying to you, you're my, you're just, <laughs> I almost said it. It's saying that you ain't even worth me balling this hand up. You are, it's, it's condescending. Oh, man. It's saying, I own you. It's telling everybody around, this dude is a punk. Oh, uh, dude. And he slaps him to tw- first across, then a the backhand. backhand. And then he says a great line, dude. You going to do something? Or stand there and bleed. Oh, man, is that a good line. Because the third slap was the nasty. Bring him down. Cuts Takes him his open. gun. That's what Throws I thought. That's what I thought. Back to the bartender, grabs his gun, throws it to the bartender. The bartender catches and says, hang that over the bar for keepsake. And takes that fool out by his, by his ear. ear. Like he's dude. a little, dude, when I was a kid, my mom used to grab me by the ear to pull me out. Like, she used to do the pinch with the nails too, bro. Oh, Woo. it hurt, dude. Woo. To show complete, like, you are a dog. Get out of my establishment and never come back. And what does he tell the bartender? Uh, he goes, what do you think, barkeep? 25% of that house sound right? And sound he, about and, right? And right there, he's got his, they got their boots dug in Tombstone. Their first game, 25%. First day. Been in the, been in the city 10 minutes. Ten, 15 minutes. And then the scene doesn't end because that guy comes back for blood. He comes with a shotgun. And when he's coming, all of a sudden, someone says his name. Johnny, whatever his name is. Oh, I forgot his name. Johnny something. Mad dog. <laughs> and because uh, Kilmer, because Doc Holliday. Has come see, out west. Yeah, he come out. And he sees, uh, you know, Wyatt and his brothers. The guy's coming to get him with the shotgun because he's just been dogged, just been humiliated. So he's going to come and blow him away. And then he sees Doc. He goes, Doc, I, I didn't know you were back in town. I didn't know you were back in town. <laughs> and, and then he realizes it was Wyatt Earp. He's like, why? Good to see you. He's like, Wyatt Earp. And they're just talking. And this guy's all. They are leaving him out of the circle. He's just, just standing like a punk. With a shotgun in his hand. They're just talking, they laughing. He, they, they're, so, they're so not even intimidated by this guy. They ignore the guy. They ignore him standing there with a gun. 
Then finally, uh, Doc Holliday turns back to him. I'm sorry. <laughs> you may leave now. He goes, I forgot you were there. Dude, that's, when you just, you are nothing. You are in the presence of giants. You are nobody. Leave the room. And uh, leave it there. He goes to hand it to Wyatt Earp. He goes, put it down. Well, well, he says, you may go. And then Kurt Russell says, leave the just shotgun. leave that shotgun. And he tries to hand it to him. And he says, I said, leave it. Dude, I mean. He, he lays it on the ground. And then he says, thank you. I just, before dude. he leaves. <laughs> and then he's probably walking away thinking, uh, Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp are standing right there. They could have just ended my existence. That was that's when you start realizing who these guys are. These guys are bigger than life. They're, they're, they're stories. They're walking legends, what they are. Okay. What's your favorite scene, Tony? My favorite scene is late in the movie. Um, the brothers are dismantling the cowboys. Taking them out. Like, taking them out. Kurt Russell, Wider, has killed... Um, what's his Curly name? Curly Bill. He kills Curly Bill. In an epic, legendary and, and, showdown. In one of my top three favorite scenes. Oh, it's great, that dude. That scene's incredible. No. No. <laughs> dude. So, so now Johnny is, Ringo is the leader. And he's crazy. And he says, I want to, uh, he, he tells his boys, tell Wyatt Earp to meet me under this oak at whatever time. Because they're going to they're gonna duel it out. And um, Doc Holliday's laying up, laid up. He's longer. He's you know he's dying. sick. He's dying. And uh, Kurt Russell says to him, "Look, I gotta, I gotta go do this. You know, and I can't beat him, can I?" He, added, it's a, he tells he he he's he's trying to get some last advice from his boy. And you don't ask that question to anybody. You ask only to your good friend, somebody he, you trust. He's like, "I can't beat him, can I?" And that's a hard because as a man to realize, I know I'm bad. I can't beat this guy, can Dude, I? Dude, and, and, and the hardest part is Doc Holliday says no. I mean, I, I mean he tells him, you, you can't beat this guy. Like, what you are, what he is, or he's an, he, this guy is a, he, he, he wants revenge. For what? For being born. For being born, dude. Dude. I mean, the girl's like, what makes a man like this tick? He's like, he's got a hole right in the middle of him. And all the killing and stealing. And rape and won't fill it. Like it's it, this guy's a nasty dude, dude. And and so Kurt Russell goes out out there, and uh, his boys are saying bye to him, like and, they know and, he's and gonna and die. Right up tells him if I go down, the cowboy's gonna wipe the rest of you out. And, and Rigo told him when I shoot this guy down, you roll up on Henry Hooker's house and you kill everybody. You kill Texas Jack. You kill uh, like uh, kill all his boys. Kill yeah. all the guys with them. So. Kilmer was kind of milking his illness. He was a little bit more with it than, than Wyatt on. thought. So on Wyatt Earp's way out there, remember he tells, he tells uh, Wyatt, uh, what's it like to wear one of those things? So Wyatt leaves his badge with him. He figures he's done. He's done for. So Doc Holliday goes out there before Wyatt can get out there. The scenes in... Ringo's sitting by the tree thinking, man, I didn't think you were going to show up. And he's thinking it's Kurt Russell. The way he looks, he's smiling. Oh, he's, he's like, like I'm another kill day at the fool. office. Dude, I, I own, I'm, I'm the best I ever was, and I know it. And, dude, when you see the silhouette. And all he speaks. And when you see, it, you it, hear it, his voice. Then he comes into the light. And then you see his face, and it's like. What? Wait, Ringo's what? face changes. His demeanor's changed completely. What does he say? He's like. I'm your Huckleberry, which is the greatest line. I say that, one of the I say best that of all, all the time. time. Whenever I want someone to know I got your back, I say that. I'm your Huckleberry. Or well, when back. somebody's trying to be bad and calling people out, call the wrong guy out. Dude. And uh, the bet, my favorite part of this scene, much like the Billy Bob Kurt Russell scene, is there's a point where he owns him. Um, Ringo thought it was going to be an easy kill. He was going to take over their gang. Um, Doc Holliday, he tells him, well, you, you forget, you know, because Ringo's trying to tell him the fight's not with you. He tells him, he reminds him of a scene earlier when he's drunk. And challenges And him. challenges them, and they were going to ha- have it right out in the street, and Val Kimmer was like, let's do this. Well, he tells Ringo, oh, this started 
back then. And so Remember, you played for blood. And uh, Ringo's got the first time you see Ringo is like, I don't want none of this guy. He says, Oh, come on, I was just fooling. I was just fooling about. And Doc says, I wasn't. <laughs> and you're like, This is gonna happen, dude. Like And they face what's great about this is they had faced one another like three times in the movie. They faced it in the bar when, when Ringo, he when he was doing the uh, tricks with the gun. Yeah. Which was amazing. Ringo goes, he goes, You retired too? Me? I'm in my prime. Dude, and he's so bad to the bone. He's amazing. Doesn't even care, dude. And no. much, much like Mohicans back last week, when you when the, the fight is building up the whole movie, this one really is building up the whole yes. movie to be these two. Why it goes against Curly Bill, Ringo faces Doc Holliday. That's how it's supposed to be. And that's 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 what we wanted. It, you did you didn't want it. And and the craziest part about this scene is say when, what are they? Four feet away from each other. So close. They're in, like they're circling each other, dude. And Ringo Fire's like, okay, gets all crazy, like trying to he's trying, he's trying to Okay pump, longer. He's trying to pump himself up. He's yeah. trying to get himself. He tries to psych himself out. Okay, you can do he's probably you can just picture himself in his in his head. You can do this, man. You're the best. You're the best around. <laughs> <laughs> and uh takes him down. And takes when he, him when down he like him, a dog. He gives him a chance to kill him still. Come he's, on. He, he puts his guns down like, come on. He, I, I, dude, not a daisy at all. Dude, it's... Dude, he shoots him in his head. Doesn't even bring the green... He doesn't bring the gun up. He shoots he from the hip. He flips it up from the hip. It's amazing. It's... Val Kilmer practices faster like crazy to get to, to, for this role. He, he went after Okay, it. now how about... Uh, what's his name? Michael Bean. In the... Does that really him in the saloon? With the gun tricks? I don't know. That was incredible. The it way that he was flashing the gun over, uh, spinning it like, like a rainbow around yeah. his head, and then side to side, and then in front of him, uh, like a, like the rappers do, like to the side. Yep, it was crazy, dude. And it, it looked like it was really him. I, I think it might very well may have been because these guys went to war. Now, great scenes, great sequences. You know that this movie, the director quit at the scene at Charles Hessen's house, and the studio's going to quit the movie and stop making it. And Kurt Russell finished the movie by himself. He directed? Because he, he knew the movie was great. Didn't Why want to lose would it. they quit? Because they had no director. They lost two directors to that point. How, is, how do you lose two directors to Tombstone? Could uh, they just not handle being out there? The script was like, supposed to be a three and a half hour movie. And directors realized, you know what? Instead of trying to follow Holiday's whole career and every, follow every, we got to central it on the Earp brothers. And, they, and that made the movie work. You had to be, like, Holiday's a supporting actor. He's not the main character, but the supporters are so rich. People want, they want to follow Texas Jack around. You can't do that. No. You can't follow Johnny Ringo's story. He's got to be a character around the central character who is Wyatt Earp, essentially. Um, which is, it's really his story. Um, but Russell took it on his shoulders, finished the movie, and we have Tombstone today. Tombstone is still my favorite Western of all time. It very well, it may be my favorite Western of all time. It's another one of those movies... When you, you if you turn it if you if you're channel surfing and it's on, I already know within the next ten minutes one of my favorite scenes is going to happen because there's a hundred favorite scenes in that movie. Exactly, awesome, awesome. So one thing about our podcast that we do that's it makes us our podcast very unique is uh, we were raised by movies. We these movies we watched as you know uh, young young men. We learned a lot about masculinity, about adulthood, about right and wrong. So we talk about how this movie raises us right, how it raises us wrong. So let's talk about how it raises us right. First, we, we watched this movie, and one thing that we, we inherited from this film is we believe in loyalty. Lo- and loyalty doesn't just, doesn't just exist with your brothers. I mean, because, I mean, I got two brothers. And it's in this movie, though. The brothers, the brothers like, got each does, other's back no matter what. What does Paxton say? I just do what I figured you would do. You got to back your brother's play. You gotta, he says it. You gotta, and I... It's true. I, I would show up at the playground, and I didn't know why you were fighting. You could have. You could, you probably were in the wrong. You probably started a fight talking trash, but you're my brother. I'm gonna back you up in that moment. I'm gonna come in there, and I got your stinking back. It's gotta be how it is with your friends. So that's that's how you. That's how we pick our best friends. Same like they're not. They're not the guys when something happens. They're gone. I've had a couple boys like that. They're the guy that stands there. Like like my boy Jason McDonald when when it hit the fan, 
we're outnumbered, but we're together. He's not going to let me go down by myself. That's, that's pretty how, awesome. That's what boys are, man. Dude, what is Doc Holly says it best. He says it so well because he's under a tree after the great shootout in the river. No. And that scene happened in real life. Wyatt Earp in real life walked into a river, face curly bill, got a gun emptied at him and missed, and he put two barrels into the, the leader of the Cowboys point blank with a double barrel shotgun. That scene's over. Thinking, oh, we ask, where's Wyatt? And Doc's like over there walking on water. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sneaking, uh, the uh, Texas, Texas Jack. Texas Jack asks him because um, he looks horrible. He he's sickly. Coughing. He's, yeah. He's like, "Why are you out here, Doc? You Why should be at home. You should be in bed." What does he say? Doc says, "Water is my friend." And what? Uh, puts the Texas Jack. Yeah. Shoot, I got lots of friends. And he says the line. He's like, "I don't." That's his, that's his boy, man. That's his boy. And dude, what's crazy, after it's all over, you see their life has kind of gone on. They took the Cowboys down, and Wyatt comes to see, comes to see Doc Holliday every day at the hospital when he's dying. And Doc finally tells him, you got to leave. You got to let me die alone. Don't, it's, it's a really moving it's scene. It's sad, dude. He's playing cards. Because Kurt, Kurt Russell realizes, too, that's when you see he, he realizes that he's, that he's gone. This is it. I can't believe you brought to light that boot scene, dude. Dude, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I was wondering what he, why he's looking at his feet. Dude, um, but uh, growing up, I, I've, I have backed. Like, I remember once in college, I uh, did a massive prank. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Your college stories are crazy, dude. We, some girl came out, dude, and she worked in the food, food service, and uh, you know, you know, you go to Seven Eleven and you get nachos, you get that liquid cheese, you push the brown button. That's cheese, cheese ever, dude. Dude, that stuff. I used to like it a lot, man. Well, apparently, it lasts like a week, and you have to throw it away. You're not supposed to keep it over a week because uh, <laughs> the cheese bomb. <laughs> so this girl comes out, and she supposed to throw it away. And she, apparently, the trash is already all out. She didn't want to walk out to the back. So she just comes out and sees me, and I'm a sucker for a pretty girl. She's like Ernesto. I'm like, yeah. Like I'm like, what? Huh? Well, some of this cheese. <laughs> like, what you think you're Steve Urkel? Fool? Got any cheese? <laughs> She's like, you take care of this cheese for me. I'm like, oh sure. I'm like, yeah, if you can give me some nachos. <laughs> she gives me this, like, literally, like, seven-pound bag. It's, it's still hot. It's really hot. Oh, my she puts goodness. It on the table that sounds delicious. And I'm pushing on it. She's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like a waterbed. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank you. I'm walking through the plaza back to my door. So and, I, and everyone sees me like, what is that? I'm like, it's got a bag of cheese. And I, I go on. It ain't easy being cheesy, boy. <laughs> so I walk past the, the desk worker. I put the cheese on the desk. And I turn What's that? I'm like, this is all my cheese for tonight. I just being stupid. So I go dumb, up to my floor <laughs> and uh, I walk into the the, 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 the the lobby where all the you know everyone hangs out. And I walk in, there's all these freshmen hanging out and stuff like that. And I I just, I just throw the bag of cheese in the, on, the, on the, uh, the table. And I'm like, what's that? And I'm like, it's a cheese bomb. And I walk out the room. <gasps> so 30 minutes later, dude, my phone rings in my dorm room. I pick it up and someone just says, look out the window. <laughs> Now, I'm on the 10th floor, so I look out the window, and there's no screen, so my head's look out the window, looking out the, and I look down, there's the porch, and there's the plaza where all the students hang out. It's probably late fall, and I, um, I look around, all of a sudden, three floors above me, this bag of cheese flies out the window. And I look, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's, it's probably slow motion in your head, Dude, I'm watching it. It barely clears the porch and hits the plaza, and it's, it's explodes cheese oh, everywhere dude. dude and uh i'm looking there and i'm like oh shoot because if i hit somebody that would have killed them that's like seven pounds death by cheese <laughs> that's more than seven pounds i mean it's dude. a big old bag of cheese like you see those machines i know those cheese very well i'm the idiot that goes to some 11 i'm pressing the button and no cheese coming out i already know to open the front thing and squeeze the cheese <laughs> and people go how the heck do you know that? I'm like, dude, I want my 7-Eleven nachos, boy. <laughs> you are so good. I just squeeze the cheese into the, the, the bag, into the thing. Oh, dude. <laughs> so I'm looking down there. I'm just staring. People are like, cheese, coming. Dude. The whole plaza's jacked. And, uh, the Is phone- that a part of the school? Yes, it's the oh. it's, it's dude of the dude of the thirteenth floor. It's already illegal to see Chicago. And um, the phone rings. I pick it up. It's the front desk. 
Because like, oh, everyone saw it. Everybody me. saw you with the cheese. And someone says, where's that bag of cheese you had? I was like, I don't know. You're like, it's in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> and so they said, okay. And they hang up the phone. Next day, I go to the dean. <gasps> the dean, dude, you really did have a bad relationship with this dean, dean bro. The dean and I, dude. And the dean sits down and he goes, what happened? And I'm like, cheese <laughs> got thrown out the window. Is it because I'm Mexican? <laughs> <laughs> Landed in the plaza. He goes, do you know who did it? I'm like, yes, I do. He's like, you tell me who did it? I was like, no, I'm not. Because my friend. Who threw the cheese? I can't say it, dude. If someone Moody hears this, uh, You dude. knew who did it? <laughs> yes, I knew who did it. Dean. <laughs> Remember how back to school? Dean Martin. <laughs> and uh, How goes, did they get the cheese? Because I, I left it on the stinking table and walked out of my room. And someone just, I said, cheese bomb. You, why would you just leave it? I didn't know someone was going to throw out the window. Oh. The the reputation your floor had, and you didn't know. Um, so the dean says, "Hilarious." The dean says, "If you don't tell me who did it, the penalty falls on you." What is it, son of a woman? And so I took it because I don't. I'm not gonna rat my person out. It was loyalty to me. What did you do? Give you a toothbrush? Say, "Go clean that cheese." Oh, dude, the next morning it was frozen. (gasps) And so the fish plan to come out and scrape it off all the all the like benches and the ground. I got fined like 400 bucks. I couldn't pay it. They made me wash cars in the fall. I had to wash all the president's cars and do all this crap. And they kicked me off the football team for three games. If there's anything you take, our fans (laughs) can take out of this. Ah, man, I was just going to say something. Dang it. (laughs) I got too many many cheese lines coming in my head. Dude, I just threw it about. Dude, man, um, I can't believe you did that, dude, dude. It was I took some heat for that one, man, bad. So loyalty, we we, we back up our people. We've always done it. I'll I'll back you look, to mom. We back each other up, which is what we do. Um, so we've been on the we've been on the bad side of that too, backing yeah, each other up. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But nothing we believe. This is the movie raises right. Is we believe in greatness, like the way these guys. They knew what they wanted. They walked and they took, they just, they were superheroes, man. They were like living legends. Like the way Billy Bob looks at them too and is like, wow, these two, these, these men over here are incredible. And I'm, as a, even as a boy, I've been thinking to myself what superheroes were, being great and strong and, and believing in something and standing up. And I, I believe that to this day, that you got to, you gotta actually try. You gotta live. You can't be a coward. You can't get pushed around by life. And you gotta do it. You, you you can't you can't do it so people say, "Oh man, that dude's um you know that dude's a hero." That dude's you gotta do it when nobody's looking. You have to live your life like you're a hero. There's been times. Um, I was at a concert, and uh, there was like a bunch of like meathead dudes like you know pushing each other around there was this one little dude sitting there he had a leather jacket on um had his arm around his girl watching the band and uh and i'm just standing back hanging out and these guys i don't know why they targeted this guy and they grab him by his jacket and start pulling him into the you know the the little little meathead pit they had and were trying to push him around. He kept, like, trying to get away from him. And he kept walking back over and, and just putting his arm around his girl, you know. The little dude. And the guy, and there was this one guy in particular, man, just just a, I don't even know why they, they probably, the guy was one of the smallest guys there. That's probably why they picked him. They probably him. chose him, yeah. So I was, you know, I was, it was, I don't know how many years ago, but it was at the Magic Stick in Detroit, or Magic Bag in Detroit, and I had a few pops. <laughs> So I'm standing there, and I'm looking at my boy, and I'm like, dude, I'm about to ruin this guy's life. Because I'm getting so mad at them picking on this guy. So I step in and grab this guy. The meathead. The meathead, and, and like, slammed him on his butt. Like, like, grabbed him and just, like, shoved him down real hard to where he literally was sitting on his butt on the floor. And he gets up. And he comes at me like to like he's gonna start we're gonna start moshing or whatever, and I end up slamming him full on slam and then start shoving all his boys. I'm standing there by myself. And then he got up and then I and I kinda got up in his face 
And then he just kind of acted like he was just jumping around. You could tell he was just like, okay, this guy kind of felt what this guy's all about. I don't want to. Johnny Ringo just faced so, Doc Holiday, baby. Dude, I walk over to the guy with his arm around his girl. It was a New Year's Eve show, I remember, because I grabbed it. I put my arm around the little dude, and I said, Happy New Year, man. And he looked at me and had this face, and he just said, Happy New Year, bro. And he's just got his arm around his girl. And, I, and it, you know what, dude? Nobody's seen that, but it made me feel great. Because I'm like, I'm not going to sit around and let some punk try to punk this dude in front of his girl. Like, I, I, I hate people like that. That's, a, that's one thing that when you talk about heroes or talking about, you know, uh, being a, you know, living your life great, you, gotta, you, you can't just take care of yourself. You got to take care of other people. You got to take and, care of the little and, guy. And take care of the little guy because <sighs> that's, that's a powerful story, dude. That's awesome. It was awesome, dude. It was, it was actually, it was, uh, I think it was Search the City Great Fiction Show. It was a New Year's show. It was either, yeah, I think it was Great Fiction. But it was just, it was it Watch was some awesome. day the head hears this. He's like, I remember you. Oh. <laughs> because of you, uh, now I do mission trips and everything. <laughs> you changed my life, man. <laughs> now I'm a hero. So two things, is, and, and, I mean, this, yes. Uh, this two things, loyalty and greatness is put in our hearts, and it stayed forever. Now, it gave us one thing it raised us wrong at. And it's, again, for many of these things, these are things that are so deep in us, it's hard to even get them out because we know they're not good, but we still like them. It's like like 7-Eleven fast food. It's like, you know, 7-Eleven taquitos. We know they ain't good for us. But, but man, when they're on that roller, dude, <laughs> oh, it's man. Again, you and then you see the one that says buffalo chicken, you're like, Dang. Two for $3, baby, shoot. And then and when it's late enough, they're like, oh, they're discounted. They're only 50 cents. <laughs> Probably because they're rock hard and been there for five hours. We're like, they're all dried out inside. It's like the meat's all dried. It's okay. I'll just dip it in ranch, fool. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just give me some cheese. (laughs) Stupid, dude. So here's the thing, and this is true, and I hate that it's true. We view weakness with contempt. We judge it. We judge weakness in people. Billy Bob Thornton, I see him, and I'm like, are you a man? Where's your backbone and where's your pride? Just like the Godfather. Oh, shoot, dude. What, what the guy who was supposed to be like the Frankie Valley type guy? Dude, sitting there crying. Frank Sinatra. Yeah. He's like, you go to New York, learn how to be, what am I going to do, Godfather? Dude, I don't know what to do. You can be a man. <laughs> dude, dude, I hear people say things, and I, I sometimes judge people real harshly for being soft, for being weak. And that's not a good thing to be. Cause like the guy that calls the cops because his wife's been beating him. <laughs> dude, be nice, dude. <laughs> we, we judge that. We're jerks about it, dude. Um, <sighs> you trying to help Ike? <laughs> dude, we will judge people for like... In fact, it's not everyone went through what we went through growing up. Not everybody had to overcome crap. Say, you don't make it seem too bad. It's because of our environment, where we come from. We're yeah, we, we grew up in Flint. We were raised in the streets. Some people, some people we know will make, like, might complain about their life, and they have two loving parents, and they had financial stability. But I, I can't judge like, what they're going through, because I don't know. I, I didn't live in their shoes. Maybe their dad never came home. Maybe their dad was a stinking... Like, uh, you know, AB report on a roll. Why is it always? I don't know what they went through, dude. I don't know what their life is like, but I know that I'm a judgmental guy. Like, I'll read Facebook. I might not say anything. I don't say, I, I tell you what, man, I sit there and I read all these posts. I don't say anything, but I judge everybody, dude. I'm, and, and that's bad. That's, that's horrible, dude. You got to have compassion with everybody. Right. And it, it's, it's so, but I see, Sometimes Billy Bob Thornton's man, and I think they're pathetic, and I want to just. But part of that too is because it's it's coming from like a punk, you know, that's running their mouth, and then I, I feel it's still it's still no excuse. And that that is something. That's what that's why we have this section to raise this wrong. I mean, we uh, growing up, you, you kind of got to learn from your mistakes, and you, you know, you you uh, for the most part teach yourself, you know, what's wrong and right. But that is definitely a thing they taught us, you know, raised us wrong. We look at somebody and you, you judge their story without even knowing it. Yeah. And I don't want to be the kind of person, but sometimes it comes out, man. Sometimes I, I yeah, sometimes it comes out. And, uh, yeah, so this is our uh, episode, episode four. And, and we want to say we've received a lot of feedback so far. Um, I, I, there's a lot of people that I 
talked that I haven't talked to in a long time. It's, you know, definitely haven't talked to regularly. Um, you know, just uh, like my buddy Scott Fields. I mean, we used to do MMA together and everything. You know, he's an awesome guitar player, and he's he's a real big fan of this podcast. And, you know, he kind of reached out to me and said, you know, that we're doing a great job, and he looks forward to every week. You know, we get that kind of stuff from, like, you know, Zeke and Brett. They're both truckers out there. They both love hearing the podcast, and, and uh, we're going to keep putting them out. You yeah, know, we, we record we, them every week and put them out there we for hear, you online. We hear the feedback and, and uh, the suggestions. We love it. Yeah, so I want to say to you guys, if you if, if you um, know anybody that might enjoy this, you know someone that loves the movies, tell them the podcast. You know, tell them you go to iTunes and, and, and shout out to David Aaron for pushing our podcast, sharing it for us. Oh, nice! That's awesome. Just put it out there. If you want to like it on iTunes, that'd be great. It helps get it out there to more people. Uh, we appreciate everyone that that, that you know Facebook shares that uh, puts comments down. We try to respond to comments. We even get. the likes, man. Even you know, yeah. Uh, so. Um, we, we, we had one suggestion come through from our good buddy. Uh, who's, who suggested that? Zach Davis. Zach said, Ziggy you know boy. He said, go, he's like, you know what? You should let us know where the movie is so I know to watch it before the weekend comes. So we're going to give you the movie next week's today so you have time to watch it before next week hits. We're going to do it? We're going to do it. This is, this is going to be a treat for everybody out there in TV land. We're doing the Three Amigos next week. You want to talk about lions for days, bro. Holy cow. My little buttercup. It's going to be great, dude. Yeah. Dig it, dig it, dude. 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 We can't get into it now. You can't start. You can't start. So go ahead and watch. It's on iTunes on sale, I think. So go ahead and watch that. Get that thing. I think it's on Amazon or Netflix right now, but um, it's easy to get on Netflix or buy the second Walmart dollar bin. Three bucks in a DVD bin at Walmart. Straight up. That's why I bought it. Yeah, that's why I got it. Um, If you, I mean, if they still make things called DVD players, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Do so. Uh, so this is the Red Room Theater. Uh, you follow us on Twitter, Red Room Theater. We put out, we always put out like movie lines there. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can go if you're a Facebook guy, Facebook.com/slash Red Room Theater. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's us. So as always, I'm Ernesto and I'm Antonio, and we'll see you next week. Bye.